You remember the intro? I always forget. I don't think we necessarily need to like go right into an intro. Like we can just be ourselves, you know? Okay. Like today, I'm definitely being myself. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't put on any makeup. Ah. It's a huge, huge uh, step up. I was like, you know what? I got blemishes. Probably half of you got blemishes. You know, <laughs> might as well embrace it. Yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? We are all flawed in, in one way or the other. So it's about accepting those flaws and being perfect with your imperfections. Hello. Uh, my name's Ekram. I am Mark. And this is Mama's Basement. That is right. And we call it a podcast for outcasts because if you're like us, you're maybe lost at one point, maybe felt like you don't belong, you maybe felt like, you know, you're still trying to find your way. Who am I? What am I doing? What's wrong with me? So we're here to ask ourselves those questions and maybe take you on a little path to ask yourself the same. And I just realized I got these on. I was about to ask the question, man. Why are you wearing headphones and I'm not? I don't know. That's not fair. No, that's okay. It's not though. fair. I mean, it could have been part of your look. I was digging it. Also, friends, we're giving away one year of Kindle Unlimited. Did you say Tyndall? No, I said Kindle. It sounded like you said Tyndall. I apologize. So please stay and watch the rest of the episode so that you can get the details at the end. How you doing? Man, I'm chilling. I'm chilling, man. Like always. What about you, man? How you been feeling this past week? How's the married life been treating you? I feel like I haven't asked you that in a little bit. Oh, man. Married life. <laughs> <laughs> Send help. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, no, married life is great, man. It's just like... The great thing about being married is that you you feel like as a couple you could just finally just be you. There's no like what's next. Like are you gonna take the next step? When are you gonna move in? Are you gonna put a ring on it? It's like nah. We we we've gotten past all those stages and now we just kind of have our whole life ahead of us. Granted, our you know journey's been stunted by what's going on in the world right now. Right. Like my mom came into town for the wedding. She still hasn't left. So yes, <laughs> yes. You know we're just kind of rolling with the punches here. You know. Feeling like teenagers again, I guess. Yeah. Well, what are some things that you've done to try to spice that up just a little bit? You know what I'm saying? With everything that's still going on, I'm sure there's still some things you guys have done to just feel a little bit better in these times. What can we do? We can't go to any restaurants. We can't go on vacation. Okay. We can't go on a honeymoon. Right. Tell me, Mark, what do you propose that we do to spice up our life? Um... I mean, y'all could play games together. We did do that. We bought Mario Kart, and honestly, I was blown away. She kind of kicked my ass a few times in the <laughs> Grand Prix. Uh, Mario Kart. Yeah, we got a few games for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. Before we dive into the rest of the show, we definitely wanted to reflect about the last episode without right, question. Right. And uh, let's let's start with you. What are some things that you wanted to reflect upon or some things that you felt like you were unable to get across clearly? I mean, last episode was really tough. Right. Talking about mental health in general is very, very tough because you don't want to say the wrong thing and you don't want to generalize your experience. Everybody has a unique mental health journey. And mine wasn't like everybody else's. So honestly, I'll be real with, with you guys. Like, I don't think I was fully 100% myself. I tried to be open. I tried to be vulnerable. I tried to be honest. But when it came down to it, when we were sitting at the table in mama's basement, you know, I just couldn't, I felt like I couldn't reveal everything. It was tough. It was tough to get to that point to unearth our struggles. And yeah, but I mean, 
I think we, we, we came to some good conclusions, you know, reevaluating happiness, although I do feel like I gave in a little bit. <laughs> um, while happiness is not necessarily something we should always be pursuing, right, 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 that right. doesn't diminish its importance. That doesn't diminish the fact that when we're feeling unhappy, it can really, really bog us down. And what about yourself? Um, I would definitely agree that that was the hardest part, not only for you, but for myself as well. Just um, I felt like I definitely wasn't as open. Um, it's, very, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing to, to be vulnerable like that, you know? And I guess it does play into the stereotype of being vulnerable equals weakness. So I guess that's just something we still have to overcome. Just throughout this series, we're going to make sure to be as open as possible. Mm-hmm. And we're going to learn along the way. You know? Truth, truth. But you know what? I think just the fact that we opened this discussion is a, is a huge step. Not many people are willing to talk about mental health and depression and, and, be, and admit for themselves that they were or are depressed or experiencing anxiety. You know, it's like, it's like they say recognizing or recognition is the first step. And yeah, so I mean, it, it, it was tough. And I mean, I hope you guys got something from it. And by the way, I came at self-care. I came at self-care pretty hard. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy to say, don't care, take care of yourself. That's not what I meant. What I meant was like, you know, self-care is good to take time for you, but I don't think simply doing the things that are selfishly going to appease you is going to make you happy in the long run. I think we're happier as a species when we serve each other and when we make an impact on each other's life in a meaningful way, you know? So that's what I was trying to, I was trying to bust that myth that like right. simply taking time for yourself and doing what you want to do is, is the key to happiness. It's really not. I well, what do I know? <laughs> what do I know? But no, I agree. I agree with you, Pimp. And like I said, I'm, I'm just happy that we're definitely talking about this. And that was just one conversation we had and I'm sure we're going to have many more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeez, man. Well, you really did have that major guard up. Like, God, like the way you dipped and dived and ducked all the questions I asked you, be like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you want to talk to me, but wait. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's just very difficult, very, very difficult to, to just speak about myself, I guess. And Is it like a defense mechanism, you think? Um, possibly. Uh, Were you just trying to put me in the hot seat? Is that what this is all about? <laughs> yeah, that's the exposing right me. There. That's right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Eventually, more will come out from me. But right now, we're about to expose you. Dang. That's the <laughs> well, this is a great topic to get exposed with. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Um, this one right here, school. What we went through. All the things we've we've seen. All the things we've been through. Like it's it's really wild. Um, this is gonna be. So incredible. I can't wait to talk about it. School, man. School is so influential. I mean, I, I, we don't even need to tell you that. It goes without saying. Like, we, we go to school, public education for 12 years. Some people go on to college. Some people don't. Some people don't even make it the whole 12 years. But the bottom line is our childhood growing up is defined in some ways by school. And I think school can even be more influential than your own family, Right. Oh, without question. I mean, how much time do we spend there? What is it, like seven hours a day, seven to eight hours a day, plus there's possibly after-school programs. Homework. Um, Yep, homework. Once you get home, the things that we study, not to mention like study groups, projects, et cetera. Big tests. Um, And that's not even counting, like sometimes our parents are working overtime, not even home, the things like that. Like it's really 
what we're learning in school. Like really, that's all we have sometimes. And the thing is, I feel like we, we're, we're, we're taught so much, not just knowledge, not just like math, literacy, you know, arts, history. We're taught like how to interact and engage right. with each other. We're taught social skills. We're taught civics. We're taught all these things in school. And, you know, if you don't really sit down and look back at all the things we learned, like there's a big chance that something you picked up in school might have done some damage. You don't even know. Right? Oh my goodness, so many things. Um, whether it's things we learn from kids that were our friends, something they learned from their parents and then they pass it on to us and we thought it was socially acceptable. And then we did it in class and got punished for it or we did it at home and got punished mm -hmm. for it. Um, so many things like that, it's crazy. You know, if life is a test, I feel like school is like one of like the entry examinations. Like how you do in school, how you manage the ups and downs and the influences, could shape, no, does shape you Absolutely. for the rest of your life. Um, and I just want to characterize the schools that Mark and I went to. You know, we, we grew up, uh, should, we, should we tell the audience where we grew up? Is, is this okay to, to reveal? Yeah, yeah, we'll just, how about we just shout out Windermere? Let's Windermere just, yeah, Elementary Windermere School, Elementary. Amherst Public Schools. That's right, that's right. Ironically, we both went to Amherst Public Schools, and then we both moved to Williamsville, and we both ended up going to Williamsville Yeah, that's public the craziest school systems. thing, like... Um, yeah. But these schools are like, I feel like they're like your typical Nickelodeon, like Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, very, like very stereotypical schools. Like, you know, so one thing we have to acknowledge that we had the privilege of going to schools that had a decent budget, that oh, had extracurriculars, yes. that had electives, um, all types of stuff available. Yeah. Um, free lunches, if you were on that program, mm -hmm. if not, they still had the breakfasts available to you. Um, so many things. Yeah. So we were lucky, and I know that might not be the experience that everyone has. So we are talking from that point of view. If that doesn't reflect yours, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but I hope some of these questions uh, at least resonate. Um, yeah, and without question, like like we talked about before, not only do we want to learn from our perspectives, I feel like this is a rallying cry, <laughs> but um, we also want to learn from your perspective as well. So if it's not the same as what we experienced, please comment, share with us. We always love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. What was your earliest school memory? Miss um, Rotner. Um, she was a kindergarten teacher, and she just seemed to take an interest in me. And she seemed to think I was very bright and she would always have me read aloud and do all these things. And so that, that was my earliest memory, just her taking an interest in, in showing me how nice teachers can be and things like that. That was That's my great. introduction to elementary school. Like, positive. she was great. Yeah, she was awesome. A positive experience. Absolutely. What about you, Mike? I did not have a positive <laughs> first memories. Well, my earliest, earliest school-related memory is actually my very first memory, period. So that really speaks on the importance of school. I remember I had two older siblings and they were getting ready to get on the school bus. And I was like, Grandma, I want to go on the bus. I want to go to school. And she's like, Akram, you can't go to school right now. I was like, no, please, I want to go to school. Please, please. And my, my, my siblings were walking down the sidewalk. I'm like, Grandma, I want to go to school right now. She's like, all right, fine. But you can't go to school without your jacket. It's cold outside. So she took her sweet time unzipping the jacket, putting it on me, buttoning up every little button. And at the time I realized this was a plot. She's trying to slow <laughs> me down, but I couldn't escape her clutches and the school was zoomed away and I spent the rest of the day crying. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that's sweet. That's cool. You just wanted to follow your, your brother and sister to school and that's like, 
I like that a lot, like that influence on you. Right. I mean, I guess as humans, we're very impressionable. Like we like to think we have our own, like, no, we all we all carve our own way in this world. But no, very much so. I wanted to do what my brothers and sisters did. I wanted to go where Arthur went. I wanted to see Mr. Ratburn, Pinky Barnes, and all of them. I wanted to be in that environment. But my real first day of school, I was... um, you know, the teacher asked us all to introduce ourselves to everybody. So she lined up, made two lines, and we were supposed to shake each other's hands. I don't know why I just panicked. I was like, oh my God, I can't be shaking people's hands. I can't introduce myself. Here's what I'm going to do. First person comes up to me. Hi, I'm Mark. I respond, hi, I'm Ekram. Tickle, tickle, tickle. <laughs> I just reached straight for their armpits. And I tickled them. And I did that to about three or four people till one girl went up to the teacher and was like, Akram tickled me. <laughs> and I was forced to sit in the thinking chair. I was punished on the very first day of oh school. Oh my gosh. Now, I thought the thinking chair was the sinking chair. So I thought the second I sit, it's going to be like Indiana Jones and I'm going to sink into the ground and die. <laughs> so I was really sad. Uh, but then I sat there and the chair didn't sink. And I guess I thought about my actions and I guess I realized like okay you know my my siblings would tickle me at home but I can't go to school and tickle kids that's wrong right you know have you ever gotten a wristwatch a wristwatch so when you bite your wrist and like there's a little circle oh my goodness yo I never knew there was a name for it <laughs> yeah so like one time I asked a kid on the bus if he wanted a wristwatch he's like yeah of course so I bit and his wrist <laughs> And I was like, now you got a wristwatch. Uh, yeah, yeah. definitely wild. Man. There was an adjustment period. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my goodness. I, I thought I was wild. I definitely wasn't going around biting people. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the last time I bit somebody was in daycare. <laughs> no, this was kindergarten. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't malicious, but right. I, um, yeah, I definitely did things. I, I guess I just, being in this new social environment, like, you go from your family your home, yeah, I think I did go to daycare, but it was, it's like, it's a very selective, smaller environment. All of a sudden, you're put in this place where there's all these different people with different backgrounds, and you think you could treat them like your family or do the things you did at home, and you have to realize very early on that there's a, there's a home life and there's a public life. There's a way you can be at home that's socially acceptable, and then there's a way you can be at school, which, you know, you almost have to conform to you just simply can't do the things you can't tickle people you can't violate their personal space um i mean unless it's recess time you know right I mean? then you then it's you then know, it's like full fair contact. game you know what i mean yeah for did sure. you have boys versus girls thing going on oh man all the time until about like we was like nine or ten somewhere around there but before that yeah they had cooties absolutely you, remember, you know what i'm saying like i know you remember that so that boy girl thing was definitely funny and man, I just I just remember all the experiences that I've had like at Windermere. It was really insane. All the things we would do. Like I know you remember the park that they had with the with the big metal slide. The wooden playground? Yes. And all the splinters you would get oh running God. on it yes. and just all the crazy things people would do from fighting to playing tag to doing king of the hill at the top of the slide. And it wouldn't even matter if we would throw kids off and they would <laughs> land on the rocks. <laughs> and like, we wouldn't straight care. Yeah, just straight gravel. Nobody would care. Standards have definitely changed because nowadays you don't see a school playground without the soft, cushy floor, you know, 
everything is metal and smooth. Right. Like you, you know how many times I bust my knee open? <laughs> like, do you know? Like, so many times I had, like, gravel, like, just in my legs. I had a friend fall on the playground and bust his eye open, and his eye was this big. I had another friend who couldn't even look at him. Every time he saw his face, he would slap himself. <laughs> like, oh, my God, your eye. <laughs> Like, it was just the wildest, wildest things. And even, like, the school bus. Mm-hmm. Like, even the school buses would be crazy. Like, people would fight on the bus. Right. There'd be some people in the back of the bus who would do certain things. Other people in the middle would just be doing their own thing. And it was really just, like, so crazy how separated we were. But at exactly. the same time, like, it's so wild. Dude, right off the bat, separation occurred. I felt like it was, like, there was good kids and bad kids. Right. There was the back of the bus, the front of the bus. There was... Boys versus girls, like immediately, I think upon entering this environment, we start to look for our tribe or our, you know, whoever we can associate with, and we start to create rivalries, it almost seems. Oh, man. I remember being upset with kids all the time. Just like, oh, how come they get to do this and I can't? And like, it makes you feel some type of way because you feel like they might be getting preferential treatment from the teacher or something mm. like that because you feel like, oh, well, that kid's considered a good kid and I guess I'm a bad kid, you know? It's funny because like, I figured it out. Like, I figured out like, okay, these are the do's and don'ts. Like, I don't think I was intentionally malicious. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't tickle kids because I wanted them to suffer. <laughs> I just thought that's how you made friends, you know? Um, and I thought the wristwatch was a funny thing. Like, haha, yeah, I'll give you a wristwatch. I'll, but... It, did, it didn't work out that way, and I think I was misunderstood. But I ended up, like, getting my act right. I ended up focusing, reading a lot, and I was put in, like, gifted and talented. Well, that's what's Which up. was, like, a huge boost to my self-esteem. I was like, oh, I'm a gifted and talented kid. I remember one time I gave, like, a presentation. It was a biography project on John F. Kennedy. I took that project so serious. I went to the barber, my barber the day before. I was like, I want the John F. Kennedy haircut with the split and everything. Wow. And, um, like, somebody came up to me after class. I was like, wow. That presentation was so good, you could be president. And I was like, can I? (laughs) So for a second, that was like my dream. Like, I'm going to be president. You know, even these little comments, these projects, these remarks, like, they shape us. And, you know, how much control do we even have over that? That's a great question, especially when you're younger. Um, I think that for the most part, you just really try to fit in and be liked. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing, being liked. Because oftentimes you'll see other people getting praise or anything like that. And I remember, like you were stating, sometimes people don't get that praise at home. So when they do go to school, it's like they're searching for it in any possible way that they can. And how that manifests itself is different, like, you know, for every kid. And for myself, at least, it was mainly through sports. Like, everything I did, especially, like, early growing up was through sports. And obviously some of it was, like, Pokemon cards, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, yes. Beyblade, things like that. You know what I mean? But so. there was always the kid who had, like, the supreme deck who was, like, unstoppable. <laughs> he was, like, the god at school. Like Yes. <laughs> now, that's why you had to play at lunch to try to win some of his cards. And you would have rules and be like, now, you know you can't use this one, right? <laughs> you know? No no Exodia. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was the card. Yes. You know, but don't you think that also could have created, like, again... A separation like there were the kids whose parents would buy them yep. all the nice decks and then there was like the kids who didn't have a deck at all yeah and, like while kids would be playing Yu-Gi-Oh, they would be sitting there like twiddling their thumbs not while one kid has pokemon another has digimon Oof. you know what i'm saying i like digimon better. i like digimon a little bit too now i didn't like it better but you already know that little rift people would get made fun of whether they had pokemon or digimon cards like that's crazy dang so do you think we 
like as like young human beings consciously put ourselves in groups or do you think that just some somehow in the way school is set up like it just it's imposed on us that there are groups and you should find your group I think it's like a I think I definitely think it's a combination of both I think that there is certain ways in which they try to separate us with the standardized test and things like that but amongst like peers a lot of it really is just trying to fit in and being like that's Finding just your friends. exactly so you know what I mean like if you like a certain thing you're going to usually go around people who like that same certain thing you guys are going to hang out you're going to have those commonalities you're going to have things to talk about etc mm. um, when it comes to school like i said they do that a little bit differently through the tests through the things like that or through pre- preconceived notions that teachers might have about students etc that's that might be how they group them you know what's interesting is i don't remember like all like majority of the lessons i was taught like you know the the math the derivatives and the equations and the formulas and even a lot of the history lessons sadly like you know as time went on like it right. just kind of fade but right finding friends whether or not i fit in those feelings of friendship and loneliness and all that that sticks with me even till today like the experience of being a kid with a slightly awkward different background trying to be liked in a school where everybody was on the same page or at least it seemed everybody knew who Bruce Springsteen was and you know who Boston and I was like huh do you know Tala Al Badru Alena like that's my jam you know <laughs> like I remember that feeling more so than anything else right right the moments where you felt like literally an outcast right. as if like there was nowhere where you could fit in and like the only places where you really felt comfortable was at home whether that was alone or whether your parents were home or with your siblings or whatever it may be and i think that's the biggest thing about the early education um like i said i was lucky cuz i had the kindergarten teacher who showed an interest in me and it made me really want to keep reading like her her importance on it the way she would always let me read aloud in class cuz i even till today like i love reading aloud like i love doing that And so it was just it's always cool to find teachers and people who inspire that in you versus kind of take that out of you and make you feel some type of way. You know what? I agree with you because like the the value of a good teacher cannot be understated because school can be such a vicious environment in the sense where kids like like me, I don't know how to act. I tickled kids, I bit kids, whatever. Imagine hundreds of those kids who really don't know how to act yet in the yeah. same environment. Kids can be really cruel to each other. Without question. Unintentionally so. So having a teacher who was motivating, who was like shows you compassion, shows you care, shows you love cannot be understated. And I'm glad you had that teacher. I had those teachers too, really. Like, right. you know, and I think they helped steer me from a path where like for instance, I was really vocal about my faith early on. Um I just that's the way I knew how to engage with the world so I taught every kid I was like before you eat you must say in the name of God. <laughs> and then here I am I'm in the bathroom minding my own business a kid comes up to the stall next to me starts urinating looks me dead in the eye and says God stinks. <laughs> wow. And he walks out. Ironically that same kid ended up converting to Islam like 10 years later. Funny how that happens. But yeah, so like I just feel like we 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 project our identities in school and kids just like they take that and they like 
they they throw it back at you sometimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, they make you feel weird or lesser than or like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have been preaching. I'll, I'll, I'll give that God stinks kid that, you know, as a <laughs> kindergartner. But I mean, like, you know, they found a reason to, to, to pick on me, yeah. you know? But then there were the teachers who were like, no, Akron, I'm like, you know what? You're a really bright kid. You, you deserve a little attention, a little extra care. So I think that really elevated in a sense. But man, imagine not having that teacher. Imagine go, going to a district where teachers are so overwhelmed and they just don't have the funds and they don't have the money. They're stressing. They're, right. you know, they, don't, they can't give you that individual care. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing, um, that individual care. Like it's very difficult. After second grade, I kind of, that's when I really started getting a lot of trouble with teachers and things like that. I felt like they weren't understanding like my kindergarten first and second second grade teacher were. So my third and fourth grade teacher who I had for two years straight, like we would, we would argue and I would talk back to her all the time. Like we would argue literally every oh, single man. day. It was crazy. And they actually started having me see the counselor. Like they actually started, my bad, the social worker. And I'll, I'll never forget, like, we would be in there playing games and she would always be just asking me questions like, why, like, why do you feel the need to, like, talk back and things like that? Like, you know, just wondering, like, why do I do the things that I do? So eventually this guy named Mr. Bell Isle, he started the Gentleman's Club. And basically what it was is the kids who were talking back to teachers or getting in trouble a lot in class would be able to be excused from class and they would go with Mr. Bell Isle and we would do, like, basically like confidence building activities and things about like self-discipline and self-control, et cetera. So the big thing with him was he would never really have us talk about like what we did wrong in class or anything like that. He would take us to do things and meet up with mentors and oh, we would do, awesome. like it was really cool. So like we would always do like some type of activity. We would meet up with people from like colleges, like stuff like that. And it was really awesome, I loved it. So that was a big deal for me. Wow. It's nice that he called it the gentleman's club, not like the delinquents club. Right. <laughs> you know, that simple framing is huge. Right. Because sadly, I feel like too many kids who act out are treated as delinquents. Right. Now, as in the early days of my schooling career, I acted out because I just simply didn't know how to socialize yet. I figured that out and I was a good kid. But then in middle school, I started acting out, I think, in more... I don't want to say sinister ways, but I knew what I was doing was exactly, wrong and I yes. did it anyway, you know? And I was definitely labeled as a delinquent at that time. Like in middle school when I started acting out, uh, the hammer would come down, you know, detention. Yep. Uh, mad detentions. And, and then there was like meetings with the guidance counselor and the guidance counselor was basically causing friction in my home because she was only telling my mom, all the awful things that I did, you know? And I think that like what I've come to realize is school is like, it's like a meritocracy. It's a system of rewards and punishment. Like we are being molded by our educators through very classical conditioning methods. Like, you know, give a dog a bone right. or put them in the pen for <laughs> the ways they act and like, I'm trying to think back on like what what were those values that they're trying to cultivate in us? Like, what do you think they were? What kind of a person do you think were they trying to mold out of this education system? A subordinate one. True. That like that's that's really it. Like, and for me, that was my biggest deal. Like, I had no problem with teachers who 
saw the value in having a teacher-student relationship and didn't necessarily look down upon students. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So like whenever I had that relationship with teachers, which I often did, it was wonderful. They never said the type of things that other teachers would say. Right. The ones who would view it as, okay, I'm the authority figure and you're gonna respect me no matter what. And it's like, you can't, or at least for myself, like I couldn't have it that way. So oftentimes I would be written up for insubordination. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what it really is, teaching obedience, teaching social acceptability. And that's the big thing. Walk in line, raise your hand right. before you speak. Um, Got to ask before you can go to the bathroom. Like, come on. That's although, wild. You know, it's weird. We're like almost like treated like, yeah, like like factory workers in a sense at school. Like I feel like school should be an environment where you can really discover yourself, figure out what, what you're good at, what your talents are, hone in on those and flesh those out. And if you're having problems with behavior, you're having problems, figure out what the deeper root issues are and address those. Like I've, and don't remember a time where I was disciplined in school where a teacher really asked me, what's wrong, Akram? Why are you acting out? Why do you feel the need to be a clown in class? Right. You know what I mean? It was always like, these are the rules. Like I remember one time I got suspended for throwing a water bottle across the lunchroom into the trash can. Yeah. Did the teacher think to ask me why I did that? Did she know that I was clowned for being unathletic and I thought <laughs> this is my chance to prove myself with a three-point Kobe shot in the bath in, in, the, in the trash can? No. It was just like you, you could have hit someone in the eye. Which is, I get it. Like, I should not have done that. Right. Especially across the cafeteria. You should have been a little closer. You know. <laughs> it should have been a three-point, maybe a foul line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was like instantly, like, these are the rules we broke yes. them. Punishment. 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 You know what that did? That made me, I feel like, even more insubordinate. It made me want to resist. It made me see it as a system of, like, almost like a system of oppression. Like, you know, they think they can punish right. me. Well, now I'm going to see what I can get away with now. I'm going to cause chaos. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start secret like plans to <laughs> cause a ruckus. Everybody drop your pencil at 11.05. <laughs> I did stupid stuff like that it, and I became rebellious, but. I feel you on that. I'll never forget, like to your point, we have a perfect example. In my French class one time, we all decided to just be quiet and not talk to our <laughs> French teacher. So she kept asking us questions and none of us would answer. That's evil. And she flipped out. Like literally, she was like, she was like, fine, none of you want to answer? I don't give a damn. You're making my job easier. And she just sat behind the desk. Man, that's crazy. Like, oh man. I remember the same French teacher, she put on Finding Nemo with French subtitles once because she didn't have a lesson. And then like three months later, she put it on again and she walked out the class. I'm like, does everybody agree this is stupid? And they're like, yes. So I got up and I turned off the TV. <laughs> uh, no, that was wrong. I'm not trying to excuse Miss like acting out for the yeah, sake of acting out. No, but I think no. there was more going on, like especially being like, you know, Middle Eastern Muslim, whatever, like entering middle schools where I started acting up. It's also where I got bullied. It's also where like, I was in fifth grade and the eighth graders on the bus told me that I should go swim back to Iraq. First of all, I don't know how to swim. Second of all, I'm not from Iraq, right, you know? Right. Matter of fact, third grade, I was told I looked like Osama bin Laden. Man, I was the cutest little third grader ever. I had no facial hair, never wore a turban. How did I look like Osama bin Laden? Right, how? Right. I don't know. Anyways, so like, I really feel like I started misbehaving just because like, I felt like Man, I'm getting picked on. So 
I don't want to be picked on. I want to be like the kids who everybody like laughs when they say something, you know? Everybody applauds when they when they do that one little thing or they stand up and they like get everybody dancing in class. Like I thought <laughs> I could be the clown that everybody reveres. Like if I if I'm able to exhibit that persona, then people aren't going to make fun of me for being Arab because I'm just too cool for school, you know? So I really really did stupid things that I shouldn't have done. Because that was my defense mechanism. Right. And I agree with you. I, I feel like I did the same thing um, for myself. Like, oftentimes, that's that's kind of like you said. Like, that's when I would get in trouble. Just, like, little things, doing it in class, making people laugh. Just, like, it was almost like we weren't doing anything malicious. Like, the intent behind it wasn't anything too bad. We were just trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, having a good time in the structure of school... It's just like they would always tell us, it's not the right time, right. you know? Like they would always tell, like there's a time and a place for everything. But imagine if they took the class clowns and they like put them in like an improv club. You know, instead of going to detention after school, we're gonna take you after school and we're gonna let you let it all out. Right. You know, we're gonna give you scenarios, you can act, you can play dodgeball even. I don't know, just get it out instead of suppressing, you know? Yeah. But you were picked on? Uh, yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, man. What you mean? You were the homecoming king, Oh, though. my gosh. <laughs> um, well, I mean, there was years before that, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, mainly it was just from people that were close to me, honestly. Oh, yeah. Um, whether it was, like, my brother when I was younger and the people around him, because, you know, I was just a younger kid around, just scooting around my brother and things like that, or whether it was in middle school, because I just always knew the older kids, they would just pick on you, you know what I mean? What'd they pick on you for? Uh, my peanut head, <laughs> or, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, being short, just stuff like that, you know what I mean? Just little stuff, nothing crazy, but that would be the big thing. In terms of school and stuff like that, I guess. Like I said, like people really just pick on stuff like that. For myself, when I started doing sports and stuff like that, it kind of just dissipated just a little bit. Mm. Cause you know, I started introducing myself to other people. Um, I got involved in intramurals and things like that. So like, honestly, that's the big thing. A lot of people aren't aware of all the things that are available to them. So kind of like you were saying, having that avenue to channel that, that energy they don't often like educate you on that. All they do is condemn you for your actions. They don't say, okay, how about you do this after school? How about you do this before school? And because I was in the office so much, that just happened to be what the principals told me. Oh, nice. They were just like, you know, we do have intramurals. You can go before school. We have a weight room in there. You can work out. And I would really go there before school. Like I would show up. I'd do the basketball intramurals, the football intramurals. I'd work out, do all of that, and just burn a whole bunch of energy. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, like, so... You, have you heard the analogy of like, you got like four or five different animals. You got like a giraffe, uh, a lemur, a fish, and like an elephant. And you like, you're trying to teach them how to climb a tree. And that's basically what school is. Everybody has different aptitudes, abilities, talents, but school is like a pipeline where, you know, we're essentially given the same material, right. taught the same things. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a good side to that. I think it's nice that there's kind of like a standard, like a language we can all like, be on the same page with, you know, where everybody's treated equally in a right. sense. But then again, we don't have equal talents. And for literally for 12 years, we're expected to perform and are graded and are tested in the same ways as each other when, you know, you could notice that this kid who 
is acting goofy in class. Maybe he, maybe he's a future actor. Maybe he needs to be reading plays and 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 his 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 literacy should be geared around that. You know, maybe this kid who's who's really rambunctious and strong needs to learn how to train and learn about fitness and health. Like we're not given these like specific lessons. But like you said, there are like if you have a talent, there's ways you can uh, capitalize on that through extracurricular activities. Right. However. I feel like that's also a privilege. Like, it is, without question. I never really joined any clubs because I'll be honest, I never had a ride home. I never had a ride home. <laughs> so, no, that's huge because honestly, I missed out on a lot of extracurricular activities because I did not have a ride home. I had no ride there or I did not have transportation home. It's so interesting to try and figure out how do you be yourself in an environment that literally treats us all like we're the same. Right. Like, how do you individuate yourself? You gotta hope that you have people in place or at least within the institution, wherever they are, that kind of promotes it, you know? Um, as cliche as it sounds, I, I know you remember when they were talking to us in the auditorium before our freshman year, talking about, you know, try things. You know what I'm saying? Don't fall into clicks and just do as your friends wanna do. Really try to discover yourself. And honestly, that's what I would preach. Hopefully, your schools can get the resources that we had. But just speaking through our perspective, that was a big deal for me. Like, every year, I tried to pick electives that I was really interested in to figure out, like, what do I like? Like, what am I, what am I really going to do with my life? And so that was the big thing. And so I would, I would say to promote that. Man, that's awesome that we had that. And I wish that I took more advantage of it. Right. Sadly, I was a little bit concerned with who likes me and who doesn't like me. I was concerned with falling in with a popular group. Again, as I said, as a defense mechanism, but I really feel like I missed out on a lot of those opportunities to cultivate myself just simply because I was so worried about being liked. I remember thinking about how I walked. I remember being really conscious of how I walked because I felt like if I walked with a slouch, then I would be an easier target than if I had my back straight. And I walk with a little bit of, you know, a little swagger in my right, step. Right. And I and honestly, I felt like it made a difference or maybe it was all in my head. But like I was concerned about little things like that because I didn't want to get called a terrorist. I didn't want to get called this and that and the other. I wanted to I wanted people to be happy when they saw me walk in the room and just, you know, exhibit that persona. But clearly one of us here was elected homecoming king and the other wasn't. So what do you think made you the homecoming king. Um, <laughs> Putting you on the spot. <laughs> really though, um, I think that after my first two years, um, there was like a change in my attitude towards, I guess, who I wanted to be. Um, the first two years, I guess I was very obnoxious, very rambunctious, and I, I guess I definitely didn't make too many friends. I had friends and stuff like that, but I knew like a lot of people did not like me because like you said, I would pick on people and stuff like that. Like I would, not in a very malicious way, but I would just say things, little jokes here and roast there. Sessions. Yeah, exactly, my guy, roast sessions. So just stuff like that. But as I got to my junior year, things just kind of changed. I don't, I don't really know why, but like things kind of changed and I really just wanted to be kind. Like, kinder, I should say. I just liked making people feel good. Mm. And that was the big thing. Like, I really enjoyed just talking to people, getting to know people, 
Um, and that was my big thing. Like I would, I would always go around just trying to talk to people that, that weren't necessarily part of certain popular cliques or whatever. And like I told you the other day, like if I saw somebody sitting by themselves, like I wouldn't do it all the time or anything like that. I'm not trying to act like I'm a saint, but like when I would see people by themselves, like I would go up to them, introduce myself, talk to them mm. and stuff like that. So being more outwardly oriented, yes. thinking with a mindset, how can I make their day better? How can I make right. them feel better as opposed to how can I get them to like me? Right. It's a huge difference. Right. How to feel having that crown on your head and marching in the pep rally and <laughs> being the king. <laughs> to be honest, um, I thought my head was too big. That's, that's honestly, that was my thought. Like I tried to put the crown on and I was like, yo, my head would be too big. <laughs> um, that was the biggest thing. Um, and also, I had a girlfriend at the time, and she wasn't on my arm, so like that was a thought too. Like afterward, I thought to myself, like, "Yo, I really should have had her up there with me, with my mom, and things like that." So I, I actually felt bad. Like it, in the end of things, like it wasn't even about me. Like I always still thinking felt about others. <laughs> Such an angel. What do you think of the whole homecoming king queen in general? What do you think of like the fact that in school, like we're almost pitted against each other in so many ways? There's a lot of competition. I'm wondering about whether or not schools might be too competitive. Like, I think there's competition is an incentive for performance. So I think right. there's that degree of like, maybe kids will work harder if we have, you know, badges of achievement. But I wonder if like, we're set up to be too competitive. I mean, you look at a lot of the kind of rifts we have in society and how we're very much, it's very much a dog-eat-dog -dog world. And is that kind of ingrained in us from when we're kids? Like, I know that there were certain times where like, I really wanted to be the best. And I looked at my peers, not as my peers, but as my rivals, you know what I mean? And I'm sure people saw me as a rival in certain regards, in certain respects. And I wonder if our education system doesn't foster collaboration as much as it should have. Like, we go out into the world after 12 years of a very cutthroat competition in some sense when it comes to grades, rankings, who's the, got the best smile, who looks the best, who, and then there's a very select few people who enter those elite categories and then everybody else is just gone with the wind and maybe I was too preoccupied with that, maybe it isn't that serious, but I, I don't know, do you think maybe there could be a little bit of harm in how competitive schools are or do you think it's all in good good nature i somewhat agree with you um i think what needs to happen though is better promotion of progress through self mm -hmm. versus destroying like your peers or looking at your peers as rivals i think if if we're able to promote that more I think that would be very beneficial because then it will instill in a person to have kind of like that internal motivation. You know what would be a sick system? Like someone like Hogwarts. Seriously, where there's like, where we're grouped, we have larger groups right. that earn points collectively. Where, you know, let's say our group has a valedictorian, like, or our group has a, as a high grade point average, you know, then we get honored as a group rather than an individual. Right. What do you think about that? Although granted, I think in Harry Potter there was a backlash as there was like the Gryffindors versus the Slytherins <laughs> and then it got real cutthroat and one of them ended up being the Dark Lord and causing chaos in the land, um. but. <laughs> like, I don't know, I just feel like we should be 
Like, if you want to create citizens that aren't just after each other, but are really looking out for their neighbors, maybe it should start in school as well, where our classes, you know, are rewarded for performing well as a class. So maybe we'd look at that kid who we think doesn't care about his homework and is lazy. We'd probably help them. And be like, okay, look, you know, our class kind of is counting on you to pull in and have some good grades. So do you want to do homework with us? No. Why can't we have a system like that? I mean, that sounds pretty dope. Now, you got to imagine if somebody isn't holding up their end of the bargain, they're either going to be ostracized or they are going to help. So it's either side of the coin. You feel what I'm saying? Because like you said, if we do have that group effort, if people are lagging behind, as much as we don't want to pick on that person, people still end up doing it sometimes. Now, that is a part of extracurricular activities, whether it's team sports, whether it's, you know, hockey, football, basketball, track and field, whatever it may be. So you definitely learn a lot of that through there. But it should definitely be incorporated more within the classroom. And I think they try to do that with group presentations and so on and so forth. But in Inherently, roles are delegated. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's just a it's just a very difficult thing to kind of like get within the classroom without really breaking it all yeah. down. Uh, sorry for going on this tangent of a social <laughs> critique, but I think understanding society is really helpful to understanding us and why I felt like I was a loner in school. Because I was a loner. Like I was reading some high school journal entries that I wrote and I was like, dang, this dude depressed as hell. <laughs> like, I'd re- do you want me to read you one? If you have one available, I'm ready. It'll oh bring my the mood goodness. down. <laughs> Listen. I got you. We got this. We got this. I'm ready, man. <clears throat> Dear visitors from planet Mars. Welcome. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> welcome to the glorious planet Earth. I hear you plan on staying here for a while and mingling with the humans. So I present to you my humblest advice. I'll give you some general rules you need to follow in order to be accepted by the human race. First... You need to look aesthetically perfect. If you have a single flaw, be it acne, fat, or anything else, then no one here will take the time to accept you for who you are. Next, never reveal any of your emotions. No one cares. Also, there's no point in trying because sincere effort isn't rewarded. You'd probably be better off not caring because no matter what, you'll always feel hurt. Oh yeah, and don't think about having your own opinion (laughs) because to everyone else it doesn't matter if you think or act differently than they do. No matter how beautifully unique you are, you will never fit in. And it just goes on and on and on about how basically I felt like my individuality was more of a hindrance than an asset. Where I felt like when I was in school, like I actually, I, you know, I'm looking back, I tried to be complimentary. I tried to be a nice guy. In fact, I was called a tool because I used to be just compliment people. Oh, you look really nice today. Oh, crumbs a tool. You know, oh, you know, just just like little things like that. And um, I don't know. I think, where am I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Do you remember when you wrote that? Like, how old were you? I think it was like junior year. Junior year? Yeah. Do you remember, like, do you remember what led to that? Do you remember what was like happening at the time that made you really go in like that? You know, honestly, you talked about being picked on by your close friends. For some reason, in junior and senior year of high school, I kind of started deviating from, like, the the personas that my friend, my close friends were. My close friends were very athletic. They were very macho. And I just started acting. I'll be honest. I wanted to 
I wanted to get befriend women. You know, I wanted to. I was more maybe in touch with my feminine side. I was getting to know girls. I was hanging out with girls, and I was like being more complimentary. And then they started calling me a tool, or whatever. They because I was deviating from the group, and right. and also it's like it felt like it was really weird because I was trying to get into the popular crowd where I thought all the girls were, but then when I got in the popular crowd, I was called, you know. People jokingly and casually called me terrorist as if it was like a buddy. Like, right. what up, what up, terrorist? You know, so it's like I didn't feel like I fit in either space. And so then I just started to feel more and more alienated. I feel like school, like we were talking about punishment and reward. It rewards certain values, subordination, all that. But it also cultivates these virtues, uh, virtues of athleticism. I was never very athletic. Virtues of like whatever gets you elected class president, that kind of like rhetoric that I wasn't the smoothest with, you know? So all these things that, these boxes that I didn't check off, I don't know, I feel like there wasn't as much space for us, for the awkward kids, right. you know? It's good to be athletic, it's good to, you know, have great grades, but it's better to be a good person, you know? Yeah. There should be a badge for nicest person or a superlative that they have at the end of the year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How they have like most outgoing, class clown, etc. Most honest. Yeah. Most compassionate. Least likely to plagiarize. <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Least likely to play you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. And honestly, there isn't, as much as they try to, I feel like there isn't much education on the soft skills that really are pertinent when it comes to like social life, especially after schooling, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And oftentimes those who do lack it, it's not as if they try to understand and educate them and improve upon those skills. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it almost differentiates the, the children instead. Mm -hmm. So the ones who are able to talk or smooth talkers and things like that get pushed to this side, while those who can't, you know, they're in a different category and the teachers aren't gonna listen to them as much. The teachers aren't gonna give them as many breaks. You know what I'm saying? Just because they don't have that ability to be able to express themselves in a way that somebody else might be able to. Facts, and like, the way I understood school when I was young and going to school was that this is gonna teach us the knowledge that's gonna help us succeed in life and you know get a great job and all that. But really, it was more about, I think, shaping a citizen, shaping a human being to fit within the mold of society so that after you leave school, you know that you gotta be somewhere from nine to five. You gotta be producing, you know? You gotta make sure you hand in all your assignments and do it as the teacher instructed you to do it. Don't do it your own way. Right. Don't take an essay and turn it into a painting. You know what I mean? So I don't know, like school's a blessing. Like I'm grateful for school, but I don't know if our current system is set up to bring out all of the best qualities, the unique qualities in us. Because I'm looking back at how school shaped me and one thing that school shaped me is like, shaped in me is my understanding of sex. Now, for a lot of people, and especially for Muslim immigrant children, we don't really have the talk, you know? We just learn that don't have sex before marriage. But we don't have the talk, so I learned what sex is in school. Right. And, I, and I learned about sexuality through my peers, through, through seeing how sex was treated almost as like a status thing. I don't know if that's just me, but like it seemed like the popular kids were the ones that were having sex and that were very vocal about it. And you know, the awkward kids, the loser kids were like, oh, they're never gonna get any. Right, right. 
Um, yeah, that was definitely a big deal. And not even just in high school, even in middle school, mm-hmm. like just learning about it as we're entering that age, it was definitely something where it felt like the more popular kids seemed to have like the parties and the things like that where all these things were going on versus how they felt or how the others reviewed was they're at home playing the game or they're like you know what I'm saying doing like something that isn't as cool as that and I feel like it only amplified in Mm -hmm. high school like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it got even worse as more clicks started to show up and things like that and it was like oh well what are they doing on the weekend and things of that nature all that stuff would be talked about whether it was in the hallways the classrooms etc so yeah it definitely shaped everything and like you said the the status and just how people would come to school talking about their recent conquest or the things that they did like you know what I mean so it it was definitely you're right it was it was a huge huge thing right and a school and like I think it's important for people in the education system to realize that school for a lot of people is their introduction to sex and if you're taught simply the mechanics of it that might not be enough like kids don't get the birds and the bees talk at home and one thing I realized, like, you and I are, are two guys, so we've seen sexuality in school through the male perspective and how dudes would come back boasting, like, yo, I got a BJ, oh! But for women, from a lot of conversations I've had with women, school was a very sexually traumatic experience where they felt like they had to put out yep. in order to be, you know, popular and cool and whatever, not to be labeled exactly. Crude, yep. you know, against their own better judgment absolutely and not to mention just the reputation that they would get say if they did put out you know what i'm saying so it really was just a double-edged sword where if they didn't put out their prude if they do put out now they're being called a slut or a tramp or this or that so as you said we're speaking from our perspective of how it's just the dichotomy between the two like how different it was and you're right when i would speak to girls like it's just so funny, like I like when you speak to guys, the way they speak about their sexual interactions versus when you speak to a woman and their and how the sexual interaction went for them. It's two totally different things, right. and it's just I feel like part of that starts in high school. Right, and sadly, I didn't get to learn about sexual ethics, let's call it, from my parents. Aside from don't do it, right. I didn't learn about it from school. You know, I learned about it from what I heard and what I observed from my peers. So, sadly, it was something that I was after. Granted, I wasn't very successful. In fact, I was not successful at all. (laughs) You know, I was that awkward kid writing letters to Martians (laughs) on how to behave. Um, So I failed. I dropped the ball. But, you know, I just learned to see it as something like I need to attain. I need to acquire this I need to lose my virginity. I need to swipe my V card in order to enter that esteemed popular kid clique. Exactly. You know, and there wasn't talk of like consent ever that I remember. Maybe now, maybe now there is. Like, granted, we graduated high school. When we were in high school, like, that wasn't something that was really spoken about like openly or anything like that. Like I said before, it was really just spoken about in the sense of a conquest. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, oh, I did this with this girl, blah, blah, blah. And in fact, I think a lot of the things that you know, a lot of the programs in our school almost, like, facilitated that. Like, the dances and, like, you know, having a date. Like, we all know what that was all about. Why, you know, we all know what homecoming and the after parties were with the alcohol and all that. I never, I wasn't allowed to go. But, you know, like, I would hear the stories the week after, the nasty stories. And, like, 
man, it's just like, why aren't we taught to value each other's sexuality? Like, if school is this environment where we're putting guys and girls together, where they, at the peak of their hormones, I mean, don't you think that there should be some sort of, like, more of a holistic approach to, like, the birds and the bees in school? I think think you hit it right on the head. It's not something that should just be taught in the way that they teach it. Just, like you said, the mechanics of it, the sexual ethics of it, Mm -hmm. like consent and things of that nature. And not just consent in the beginning, but if you guys are in the middle or something is going on and they say no or whatever, like, that's important. And being able to go through those scenarios because these things really aren't talked about. No, not at all. You know? Uh, But we know we are taught. We're taught math. We're taught English. We're taught history. Good, great things. Oh, I love it. But, like, we're not taught anything about or as much about, you know, happiness and being a good person. And, like, I think school is a system which also indoctrinates us in ways that inhibits our ability to question our environment. It is always accept, absorb, listen, follow instructions. Otherwise, you get detention. Otherwise, you get suspended. Follow the rules or else. Why? Because I said so. There isn't as much reason that's understood. And if you're not getting that from home, you're definitely not getting that from school. So a lot of kids are being set up to uh, fail in that way, I think. And, you know, the counter argument is like, well, that's up to your parents. Your parents are, are supposed to teach you that. But school is literally taking us away from our parents right. and jobs are taking us away from our parents for 40 some hours a week, not to mention homework, not to mention extracurricular. So if not school, where else, you know? And another thing I realized, like lastly, last week we were talking a lot about, you know, happiness and mental health. And I just realized the whole framework of which I'm discussing these issues with you is a very Western framework. We talked about Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. We could probably talk about Freud. We could probably talk about, you know, all of these Western views. But now that I think about it, I was never taught about any great African thinkers right. in school. Right. Can you can you name one that they taught us about? In school? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I really don't think so. And that's a big part of education that I think people don't take into account is the education that we get outside of school mm-hmm. and how important that really is to supplement what we are learning in school. I guess it's part of like the teacher's job to kind of pique that interest within us to, to seek knowledge outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I feel like that doesn't happen. Like you said, because it is a place where it's like either listen to me and if you don't, Like, they basically don't even bother with you anymore. So even if you are interested, it's like they don't even care about you no more. And a lot of teachers don't have the freedom because there's a curriculum and there's standardized testing. So it's not like they can be like, hey, let's take a break from Aristotle and talk about Mansa Musa and Prophet Muhammad. You know, they can't. I mean, they can check the the very minimum boxes, but they got to move on. And they got to churn you out. And, like, we talk about bullying because we're different, but we haven't talked about the unconscious bias that school implants in us. Right. If you're taught that all the great thinkers came from like ancient Greece and Rome and the West, when you see a little brown kid across this class, there's this almost like this unconscious thing that like our people are so great. Right. Everything we learned, we're victorious. And the whitewashing of history too. Absolutely. Is it just me or did you feel like in school when you were learning about history that like, it might just be me, but 
we conquered racism, segregation, slavery, it's all over. Right. Like, you know, we are in the pinnacle of human society. We've, we've eliminated all our ills and now is the best time. That was the impression that the instruction gave me. Right. I mean, I can see how you can peel that from the textbooks. Now, just from my life, you know what I'm saying, things I went through, I definitely didn't see it that way. But I can definitely see what you mean because when you look at the textbooks and things like that, like you stated, even if they do teach you about those things, it's very minimal. The very basic facts, they don't go in depth. They don't really teach you about who that person was, their history, or anything of that sort to the magnitude in which they would, say for, you know what I'm saying, any type of the presidents, anything of that nature, U.S. history, European history, whatever it may be. They told us that George Washington's teeth were made of wood. That's the biggest lie ever. (laughs) Can you imagine having wood in your mouth for days, for hours? It would rot. Oh my God. No, literally, I just recently discovered that his teeth were extracted from slaves. Yo, crazy. Nah, but that's not- But they lied to us. Right. Right. I don't know. As we wind down, I don't want to go, I don't want to walk away from this saying school sucks because school- (laughs) is a privilege. It is. It's a gift and a blessing to be able to go to school, to learn things, to be with peers, but I think you need to challenge the things that you learned in school at some point or another. And if you don't, then I guess you're 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 cool with going with it and many people can live their life that way and that's fine. But the truth is I was unhappy coming out of school because I wasn't taught the things that make me special. I wasn't taught the things that make my culture amazing and unique. I was only taught that America is great and you live in the greatest country on earth, but hell, I'm not American enough, so I'm not that great. You know what I mean? But you gotta challenge all of that. And and the thing is like school can also be empowering for people. Like one of my biggest things that I've witnessed when I work with refugees, one of the things that they've missed the most is school. They want to go back to school. They want to, having a textbook in your hand is so empowering. But there's more to school than just books. There's everything else that comes with being in a society of children who are in competition with one another. Maybe we can erode a little bit of that competition and create more of a collaborative environment where people's unique talents and skills are cultivated and cherished and we learn more about unique cultures and it's not just western history maybe we can create a little bit of a little bit of love in the schoolhouse that's sadly can be lacking at times right and i think the big thing is kind of like back way way back school was really in the hands of the local communities so the people that embodied those communities really were vital in teaching the history of not only their own cultures, but those around them, their neighbors, etc. So if we can kind of get back to something like that, where it's not necessarily just strict to the curriculum, but it's also that we incorporate all the cultures, we teach how essential it is to know about all these things, I think that we can really get somewhere, hopefully. Absolutely. And there should be a way for kids who want to take extracurriculars, but maybe don't have a ride home, to get a ride home. Maybe there should be an after-school extracurriculars bus. We didn't have that, you know, like, because I really think that opportunity for individuation is not happening between the nine mods where you're ordered to take certain classes. It is in the drama clubs. It is in the sports. It is in that. So we should give the kids a chance. And holy cow, we just 
picked apart the whole school system. Yeah, and yeah. also, you got to remember, the electives, the big thing about electives is it empowers the kid to make the choice and what they want to yeah. learn. So that's huge. Mm -hmm. So schools definitely need to invest in more electives so that it gives the child the chance to be like, you know what, I am interested in this. I want to learn more about this because yeah. their interest is already there. Truth, truth, man. We covered a lot of ground. I still feel like I haven't gotten closer to finding myself, but I have <laughs> found out why maybe school did create this friction in me, the competitive environment, the lack of attention to cultural differences, and the lack of celebration of cultural differences. Like, I remember <laughs> I had to find a place to pray, like, because it was prayer time. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna ask the teacher to go to the bathroom, I'm gonna pray in the stairwell, you know, because no, wow. nobody's, nobody's moving about. So I pray in the stairwell, um, and then this girl, Zoe, climbs the stairs as I'm praying. She's like, hey, Akram. And I'm just like, Allahu Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you okay? Semi Allahu Diman Hamida. But you know what? I realize schools can be accommodating of what you desire if you really go after it. Absolutely. I, I, went, I went to the teacher with a group and I was like, hey, we need a place to pray. And they got us a room to pray. So, I mean, you can, school can be alienating, but you can also alienate yourself. We had a club in school called Cultural Awareness. And I remember. We got to present our cultures every other year on a mandatory uh, assembly. Mm -hmm. Why is it cultural awareness? It should be cultural celebration. It's not enough to be aware of other cultures. As much as we celebrate our flag, I think we need to celebrate all the colors that make our flag. Wow. So you can still <laughs> run for president, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Akram Shibley, 2032. <laughs> All right, all right, before we end, let's talk about some hilarious memories that we have, whether it's from elementary, middle, or high school. What are some hilarious, embarrassing moments? You start. Me? Uh, <laughs> um, this is crazy. Okay, so I had this math teacher, and me and my friend Carlos were in that class, and uh, we were very obnoxious when put together. So we would do stuff like dunk on each other from like the, you know, like the the... What, I'm mad I'm forgetting the word, but like, you know, the top of the door. So we would dunk on each other, do stuff like that. And one of our friends was in the next door classroom and we would scream to each other through the walls and stuff. <laughs> so eventually the teacher got tired of it and she called us in to a meeting with the guidance counselor. So we had to come in before school. And I will never forget what she said. She was like, you know, I go home and I, I wonder when it will stop. I like, oh my God. That bad, bro? <laughs> Yo, I swear. Like, she was saying this to the guidance counselor and to us. And we're just sitting there listening to her regale all these stories, just telling us, like, oh, they climbed through the window during the fire drill. They were, like, screaming at each other and stuff. So all this stuff was going on. And eventually, we had to split. Like, they removed me from the class. Like, oh, I had man. to change classes. God. So that, that was definitely a story that was crazy. I remember... Uh, when you and I got to go to Chicago oh with our peers for our music trip. <laughs> we were, when we were walking from the bus to the hotel, it was raining, so we got a little wet. We entered the hotel. It was a hotel with a big open atrium, mm -hmm. so you could look up and see every floor. <laughs> My man, you got on the elevator. As soon as we got onto our floor, you ripped your shirt off, and all of us blindly followed, and we That's swung right. it around That's our right. heads and ran around the atrium till we got to our room. 
Needless to say, three minutes later, our teacher knocked on our door. Yup. Oh, and she's like, please, do not do this to me this weekend. Please. Right. Behave. Yo, and that was the craziest thing because they really came to us like we were we were concerned about bringing you guys on the trip in the first place. Like, yo. Off the bat, we just confirmed their fears. Here's the gosh darn truth. I never had a girlfriend in high school. I barely like kissed maybe two or three girls, like max. You know, sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> I got a reputation for being a player because of that trip. Oh, I remember. I remember. It's stupid. What? But I was really just trying to find love, you know? Yeah, I, listen, <laughs> what, what was crazy was, was like, you were going around. I would never forget. Every single night, we would come back to the hotel room. He'd be talking about a different girl. You know what? I was feeling this one girl. You know what I'm saying? And we would have our talks at night in the hotel room. Like, Is she the one? Right. <laughs> But it was always framed from that perspective. Is yes, she the one? Yes. It was never, I want to smash. Right, no, no. But no, to no, everybody no. else, it was like, yo, Crime's a player, watch right, out for Right, yeah, for sure. You got to be careful, guys. I'll gotta never be forget. Careful. Who, Can't cast who too many was lines. it with the, with the Ferris wheel ride? Because after the Ferris wheel End ride. End of the episode. <laughs> End of discussion. Thank you for coming to our show. Yes. Um, we really appreciate you being here with us. And I'm sorry for everyone who had to witness me in high school and, and, and my awkward phase. I promise it's not like that. It never really was like that. I was just, I was just looking for love. High school is a wild place. Um, I did some wild things. I hope the teachers can forgive me, but honestly, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we really scarred them. All right, so thank you again. Um, and we hope you ask yourself some questions about your high school experience and realize that although high school may have been hard, may have been difficult, hey, you're here on the other side of it and you can look back and hopefully laugh at some of those memories and laugh at some of your uh, mistakes and traumas and whatever. But <laughs> thank you for coming to our show. Just a reminder, we're still running our contest oh giveaway. Oh my God, yes. The contest giveaway, one year of- Kindle Unlimited. Thank you. <laughs> um, what we're going to do is we have the contest. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a comment, and we will announce our winners during the season finale. Thank you so much. This has been Mama's Basement, and uh, get us out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's Basement, a podcast for outcasts. It was made possible with post-production support by Barack Spoth. Animation by Jacob Huss. Intro and outro music by Charlie McCormick. Marketing by Inderjeet Singh. With a special thank you to Narin Guyan. Every episode will also premiere on YouTube. So if you want to see us, check out our channel simply titled Mama's Basement. We'll be here every Sunday. This is a True Intent production shot in my mom's basement. Oh boy. See ya.